do design decisions involve value judgments? Andy Halliwell has gone and posted this question on LinkedIn as part of our redesigning D&T project and debates. I think this is a really tricky one to answer and our expert group felt that it was an important question that needed debating. Do design decisions involve value judgments? I think firstly, I'd be saying, what do you mean by a value judgment, a values judgment? And maybe in your response to Andy's question, you'll explore what you understand and what your views are of what value judgments are and then whether they actually impinge on or affect the design decisions that designers make and also that children make in D&T lessons. So do join the debate. We're always open to conversation and discussion on this. But for now, on to the next episode. This is the Talking D&T podcast. Episode 108. Welcome to the Talking D&T podcast with me, Alison Hardy, a podcast for anybody interested in design and technology education, where I'll be sharing news, views, ideas and opinions about D&T. Well, it's been a while since I recorded a podcast, I think, where it's just me talking about some things to do with design and technology. So it's good to be back. Sound might be a little bit different. If you follow me on Instagram, you might realise and remember that I'm actually not in my usual space. So it might be a little bit more echoey this week. And if you're a regular listener, there is no Kip in the background today. He's gone away for the weekend as we're preparing to go away to visit friends tomorrow. So we won't have any of those kind of interruptions. So on to the podcast. This is the first part of three episodes that's why I've planned them anyway, that there'll be three episodes of a new project that is, well, it's a new project, but it's an old project. It's the next step of the redesigning design and technology project, which relates to the book that I did with Eddie Norman that was published, I think in 2021 now. So this is the next step in that project. So we did the book, we set up a couple of things, and then this is kind of now the next step. And this project is taking an activist and consensus approach to redesigning the design and technology curriculum. So what do I mean by that? What do I mean by it's an activist? So historically in England, the design and technology curriculum, and I think this is probably uh, more of a global issue as well, not just particular to England, is that the curriculum, the national curriculum that comes from government, has tended to come top down. Now, what I mean by that, it's come about because of policy change, a government change, uh, decide to review the curriculum. And then sometimes they've consulted with the DNT community. Sometimes they haven't. I'm not going to go into all the backstory about where governments have and where governments haven't. You can kind of find out more about that in some of the things that I've published in the past and talked about. But there's a there's an idea or there's some thoughts And if you've listened to the episodes I've done with David Spendlove, you'll know that David Spendlove is at the forefront of thinking about this, that the current national curriculum for design and technology isn't completely working. Now, there's lots of factors why things aren't working in design and technology. And, you know, you can listen to David's episodes where he talks about some of those reasons for the rise and fall, as he puts it, of design and technology. So 
What this is about is this is taking a different approach, this redesigning design and technology project or initiative. That in fact, that yes, it's me talking about it here. You know, I'm an academic. I do work around design and technology, but actually is wanting to involve the design and technology teaching community more actively in saying, actually, what is the curriculum that we want that works for us? So that's what I mean about activist and consensus. There's a real um, political movement around the world, I think, at the moment around activism. Some of that um, including violence. This won't include any violence. Some of it about people thinking I need to speak up because those people over there don't speak to me or I'm not I'm not being heard. So I suppose that's kind of where this is coming from. I'm trying to build a project here that is not the Alison Hardy approach, not the Eddie Norman approach, the David Spendlove approach, the view of design and technology or a government approach, but is actually trying to create a space and a forum for DNT teachers to debate and as much as we may be able to come to consensus about what design and technology curriculum should be or the next iteration. David calls it design and or technology 2.0. So that's that's what I'm starting today. As I said, this is part one of three episodes in which I'm explaining which is the new fa- the first phase of this project. So what's going to happen is in each episode, I'm going to introduce some contentious questions and issues that that maybe haven't been fully resolved in design and technology. And maybe some things that we need to resolve in design and technology before we can move on to redesigning the curriculum. There is a discussion sheet that you can download that I've put in the show notes where I've put all of the questions and the issues. So you don't have to sit there if you're driving in the car thinking, I can't keep this in my head, Alison, how am I going to keep a track of this? Then I've actually prepared a sheet. There's a link in the in the show notes. Download it, make notes, because I do want you to get involved and I do want you to make a response. There's there's different ways you can get involved in this. And I'll talk later on in the episode about, about how you can do that. So that's what I'm going to do in each episode. I'm going to introduce these contentious questions and issues. This is a list of questions and issues that myself and Eddie have, have pulled together over our many lunchtime conversations that we've had about this about this topic. The idea is that you will can hear these issues, you can read them, you might agree or you might disagree. And if you want to get involved, there's a survey link um, where you can, can share your thoughts about that. But I'm going to talk a bit more about that. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Okay. So let's start by thinking about why why I'm doing this. I've given a little bit of information about that, but I'm going to tell you a little bit more. So you might have read the book, and again, there'll be a link in the show notes to this, The Redesigning DNT Talking and Thinking. Or you've listened to me talking about some of the challenges that's been faced. Or you might be thinking the Design and Technology National Curriculum isn't quite working for my school and my pupils. Whatever it is, what I want to do is to support the DNT community, and predominantly I'm talking here about teachers in using design thinking as a research approach to redesign design and technology. I don't want to do this from a policy, governmental or national level. Instead, the aim is for a new design to come from teacher practitioners. And that's if you're listening and you're a current designer technology, people like teacher, people like you who teach the curriculum. I've been encouraged by previous work from Phil Roberts and particularly a publication of his aspects of research concerning design education. 
And in that, he set out um, three objectives, which were to support action research as a mode of inquiry and development that is especially appropriate to D&T educational practitioners. And that's kind of what I've used here to design this project. To support the teacher as researcher or practitioner as researcher. And that is something I really do believe in, that I'm, I'm very much rooted in in terms of being involved in leading master's work, but also the work I do in supporting teachers in publishing the research they've done or supporting teachers in doing research. And just recently, I'm not going to embarrass anybody by giving their names. I've had a few emails from people saying, Alison, I've listened to your podcast and I want to get involved in research and I want to get involved in the work you're thinking about doing about design and technology. So I'm hoping they're listening and they're going to say, right, I'm all ears, Alison. This is how I can get involved. So what I'm doing is I'm putting a, a structure around this um, to support teachers in, in being the project uh, team for this, this um, redesigning design and technology. So that's me supporting teachers as researchers. And then to support, thirdly, this is what Phil says, to support the position that action research within design and technology or within education is intended to improve practice. That's the aim. If what comes out of this doesn't improve practice, then, hey, we've gone wrong somewhere in this project. Um, so that that's that's kind of which is... Uh, so those three points from Phil, and I'll put a link um, to the paper that I'm taking those from um, on the website, that you can... That's a kind of like the mantra or kind of resonates with me about why I'm doing this from my academic perspective. But also... I'm coming at this from my uh, belief in design and technology as part of a general education. So ultimately, the Redesigning Design and Technology Project aims to develop a new DT curriculum for teaching in England to primary and secondary schools through the consensus of members of the DT community. To achieve this, I've set out four phases, and this is this is phase one, this episode here and the survey are part of phase one, which is firstly to identify the big or controversial DNT curriculum issues. Then the second phase is to debate the controversial issues and reach some consensus. And I'm hoping that teachers will think, oh, I've got a view, okay? Not just yet, hold on to those views when you listen to these, but I want you to share those views and we'll, we'll have some, hopefully, get some time to come together to debate it. Thirdly, to design and evaluate some curriculum solutions in response to that consensus. And then the fourth phase is to agree on a new DNT curriculum. Now, this is a design project. Those are the steps I've, step, I've set out. And I think at some point we have to have a product design specification. Eddie and I spoke about this and in, the, in our book, but we know that design projects evolve, that, that new parameters appear, new issues that we have to contend with. So that's, that's what's set out at this stage by me. When we've got a project team involved, which might be some of you, then that might shift. But that, that's where we're at at the minute. But my thinking is here in this design that we're using a design-based approach to develop a new DNT curriculum. And this method, these, these four phases, are actually um, quite structured. They're from the Delphi method. And again, there's links in the show notes if you want to read more about that approach to reach a consensus over the four phases. Don't, don't tell any of my PhD or master's students that the link I'm giving you to read about the Delphi method is a Wikipedia page. But hey ho, no, it's a really good page and it and it and it details it, it it kind of quite succinctly as well. I think people find that useful. So if you're listening, why should you bother getting involved? 
You don't have to. You could just listen and go, well, that was nice. But what I'm saying is by getting involved, you get to have a, a say in what a redesigned D&T curriculum should look like or could look like. Now, there are no guarantees that this redesign will be taken up by government or other national groups. But I am hopeful that they will hear what we are doing, read what we publish and join the debates later on. But for you as an individual, if you're a teacher and you're listening, here's some reasons why I think you should get involved. What, what will happen and what you'll benefit? I think it will make a difference to your classroom and school practice about how you think about design and technology and therefore what you do in your classrooms. So that's on a very straightforward, reflective level. If you join in each phase, you'll get to share your views, debate with others and help design a new, new curriculum models for D&T. Then I think by just being part of this, I think it will give you space to think and be challenged about what you see design and technology as being about. You'll meet others who are interested in design and technology. You've got an investment in wanting to change the curriculum, so your network will widen. And then finally, you'll become more research active. You'll be a teacher as researcher trying out new ideas in your school. Because I'm hoping that when we get to stage three, phase three, and we've got some design ideas about what this curriculum could be and look like, people might go, well, actually, I'm already trying that in my school. I want to try that in my school. And we do some action research here. Now, if you can't commit to all four phases, that's all right. You can just listen to the survey. Also, listen to this episode and the next two episodes, and, and that's giving you something to reflect on. You could just do the survey that's related and linked to every episode, and then you can step back. Or you could come back in later on when we get to phase three or phase four. It's completely up to you. And I'm not going to judge you for how much or how little you want to be involved. So if you think about how you could get involved, you could, you could as I said, get involved by doing the survey. But it's a great question to ask me about how can you get involved? Because currently it's just me running this project. Eddie has helped me uh, pull together the, the questions and design the process but Eddie wants to spend more time playing golf. He's happy to be involved to advise and consult. But let's face it, he needs to go and play golf. And I don't want it to be like this. I don't want it to be me. And I don't want it to be me and Eddie. And I don't want it to be me and academics. Yes, yes, they can be involved. And yes, I'm involved. But I think it needs to be design and technology teachers involved in this. So you can get involved by encouraging other people to do the survey. The more people we have to do that, the better. There is a LinkedIn group, which I set up. To be honest, I've not done so much. You might want to get involved in that. You might post your views. You might want to say, Alison, I'll be a, I'll manage that group. I'll, I'll kind of be a, a moderator. That's the word I'm looking for. Then there's an opportunity for you to become part of the expert group. And the expert group is the group that will look at the feedback from the surveys and do some analysis of that and kind of reduce the number of questions or maybe expand them. Or you might want to involve join the project team. And that's not all glamorous, but you will learn how to run a research project and influence the shape of the project. It will take more time and effort than just doing the survey, but you will gain so much more in return. But let me make it clear. At the moment, I have no funding for this project. You'll be joining as a volunteer and there'll be no reimbursement for your time or other expenses. You'll be doing this because you want to do it and you're going to get things out of it and you're going to put things into it and you're going to meet more people. But... That's how you can get involved. So drop me an email if you want to get, if you want to chat about getting involved. Um, and there's, there's details on the survey about kind of signing up. Um, and nothing's a definite commitment. You can, you, can always, you can always change your mind. That's absolutely fine. But I'm hoping some of you will want to get involved.
Okay, so that's the blurb. That's the background to the project. Now on to the controversial questions. Well, me and Eddie have said that they're controversial. You might disagree or think we've missed them. And that's what I'm interested in hearing about in this first phase. And what I've done is I've categorised the topics into three groups. The nature of design and technology, the content of design and technology curriculum, learning and assessment. And in this episode, I'm talking about the nature of design and technology. So what I'm interested in is, do you agree that these are the contentious or unresolved questions and issues that relate to the nature of design and technology? So listen in, download the discussion notes and take notes if you want to. And hopefully you'll respond to the survey. So there are six issues in this category and these are in no particular order. So number one, is design and technology a vocational subject? Now, I think this one gets things going. Is the subject academical or vocational? Could have been the question that we asked, but instead we're asking, is it vocational? Which suggests that it might be a subject for some and that it's not for others. But, you know, is that a question that needs debating? Topic number one, is D&T a vocational subject? Number two, should the subject be called design or design and technology? Is the subject's name, what we're saying, contentious and misunderstood? And would changing that help understand the nature of the subject? People will know who know me will know that I get frustrated when people leave out the and in design and technology. Is that a big deal? Some argue the word engineering should be in there. And is there a confusion about the word design in art and design and design and technology? So that's all kind of under this one question about should the subject be called design or design and technology? And these are just questions that we're asking. Do you agree? Do these need debating? Do they need thrashing out? Topic number three, what's the technology in design and technology? Now, I've put this question here for all sorts of reasons. For me, it's about what do we mean by technology? I think I think we were still debating it. It's not clear. Um, if you did the undergraduate programme with me at Nottingham Trent, you'll know I've talked about Mark de Vries's book um, about teaching technology or the philosophy of technology for design and technology teachers. But I think it is something to think about. Does the word technology confuse the nature of the subject? Topic number four, does DNT actually make a difference to industry? Now, this is a big one. And do we need to debate this? It's a claim that's often made and it's often used to defend the place of the subject. But is it true? And is it something that defines DNT? Should it? Those are kind of like the debates, I think, that were within that question. So the first question to ask to you is, do we need to even talk about this? Does DNT actually make a difference to, to industry? Some of you might go, yeah, that's fine. Sorted. Don't need to talk about it anymore. Some of you might disagree. Number five, do designers know anything? So why have we put that in here? Okay, partly because this is what me and Eddie think. You can disagree. That, you know, in England at the moment, well, it's not even at the moment, it's been going on for a few years now, that that the subject is about it being a knowledge-rich subject and the challenges around defining what knowledge is in design and technology and where the knowledge comes from when we're developing subjects. And there's been a fixation from some, not in design technology, I'm talking more generally about the curriculum, that new knowledge comes from 
universities. Well, actually, for design and technology, a lot of new knowledge comes from practice and it comes from professionals, which led us to asking the question, do designers know anything? So that's a question there. Does it need debating? So something for you to think about. And then the last question here is, well, it's a statement actually, D&T is not an inclusive subject. Now that word can inclusive can be taken in lots of different ways. It can be about, you know, it doesn't include young people with special educational needs as pupils, or it only designs for the mainstream, or it doesn't include or speak to young people of colour, or teachers of colour, or society, or different communities. Now, we need to think therefore in this question about how we define defining inclusivity, I've deliberately left that open. But is that something that we need to debate that DT is not an inclusive subject? So those are the questions that are for this first section about the nature of design and technology. I've given a little bit of my opinion about what could be debated about those. But what I'm interested in is, do you even think that issue or topic or question even warrants being debated? So how you can give me some feedback on that is you can go onto the survey. There's a link in the show notes and I'm going to publicise it on social media as well. You can fill in the survey once or three times. You can fill it in after you've listened to this episode or you can fill it in after you've listened to all three. You can fill it in after every three. It doesn't matter. You can do it as many times as you like. I'm hoping that each time you fill it in, your answers are pretty similar because that kind of could skew things and make it interesting. But that's my problem and the project team's problem, not yours as contributors. It closes on 30th of November 2022. Your answers are anonymous. So in other words, you know, that your responses are not attributed to you. I don't I don't collect your name when I'm collecting the responses. But there is just one proviso. If you want to take part in the next round, you want to be part of the expert group or you want to be part of the project team, then there is space on the survey to let me know. So I'll need your name and a contact and email address. But that bit is kept separate from your answers to the survey. I hope that makes sense. But the long and the short of it is, No one, not even me, will know how you responded. Only I have access to the data at the moment. Once I download it, I will make sure that everything is kept separate. But I will be publishing the responses online in 2023 for everyone to see. So they will be in the public domain for other people who might want to use these in other studies. But that's a whole other story. And if you fill out the survey, you'll see some more information about that. So listen out for the next episodes. Re-listen to this one if you want. Take part by filling in the survey. You don't have to, but it would be helpful. And if you want to be more involved, do let me know. I hope you found that interesting. I hope that's kind of got your brain thinking about, do we need to redesign D&T? How could we? Do these questions make sense? Do I have an answer? Do I have a debate? It'd be great to hear from you. It'd be great to have you involved. Um, You can find me on social media. Do let me know what you think and listen out for the next two episodes. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Talking DT podcast with me, Alison Hardy. You can connect with me on Twitter at Hardy underscore Alison 
show notes and transcripts for each podcast episode can be found on my website, alisonhardy.work. Thanks for listening. Thank you.